Hello and welcome back to Potting Ain't Easy. Yep, we've been gone for a while, but we're back and back in style. And with I'm your host today, Carl Pierce. And with me, as always, is the Naomi to my Sasha Banks. <laughs> we've thrown our headsets on Nathan's desk and we walked out for a while because we weren't <laughs> being respected with our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Kyle. It's, it's been a while but yeah you know we had our our walk out because you know nathan wasn't valuing our undefeated streak as team godfather and rogue opinions <laughs> quizzes yes it may be one in a no but it's still a hundred percent record to us and that means something damn it but nathan yes. knew there were so many star wars and comic book shows coming up and then it's month or so that he couldn't be asked covering so he's like, I need, I need these two guys to talk about it because he doesn't care enough to. Yeah, he makes Johnny Ace look like the tooth fairy, doesn't he? Um... <laughs> uh, he, he certainly, he certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, got bags to talk about. Today, uh, we've got The Witcher, which we're going to get to in a bit, and we've also got quite a few trailers dropping left, right, and centre for, for different things. Anywhere you want to start, Scott? Um, trying to think where we should start. I think we'll, I think they're the order of the ones we want to talk about. This one was maybe the, the first one to come out, so we'll go there and maybe work our way back up to the most recent. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we may have stopped briefly, but the trailers didn't. I think the First, more prominent one of the ones we want to talk about that came out was the the Thor Love and Thunder trailer, not Thor four, because well, it's it's hard to say. <laughs> to to that one. Yeah, I'm glad they've stayed away from that and just gone for the the Love and Thunder. It's weird, like Marvel, like unless it's like the Iron Man films, and even with like maybe adding the volume bit, and then the number for the Guardians films, they don't seem to call the sequels this film too. They always just have the film and then just a catchy like subtitle underneath it. Yeah, which I think is a white ready to go. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, like we can see as well, a lot of the Marvel trailers have been coming out. They've done this like they have this new habit now because this film actually comes out. I think the eighth of July or very early in July. This comes out, and they started to the thing where they don't tell you a lot about it for ages leading up to it. And then, like, a couple of months before the year trailer, which gets you excited enough, but really doesn't tell you fucking anything about what the plot is. <laughs> That's the best way. You don't you don't want too much given away too, too early. We'll probably get another trailer, a slightly longer trailer, closer to the time, you, you would imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I guess they give you enough to get excited about the Guardians or getting involved in this, and uh, I don't know how... 
much of a, a bit a part they'll play, and I imagine like they'll have some fun skits away we like Thor and them in the first like act of the film, and then maybe they'll come in at the end to to help Thor out. Uh, I know we're getting Korg back, which I'm always looking forward to. I love Korg. Uh, oh, so do I. <laughs> and uh, also, we got the tease of Matt, Natalie Portman first look at her as the mighty Thor, which uh, looks great. And the in the part it has to be said, uh, didn't get any looks at the the villain of this film, which is. Uh, Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale, but uh, I imagine. Well, I don't imagine it'll be all CGI, but I imagine he'll be like very unrecognisable as he's made the habit of in his films. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what that villain does. Um, I think. Well, the trailer I saw recently. I can't see the original trailer. I, I find he's like you see a boy running, don't you? And uh, it, it getting older as he voices. Mm-hmm. It does the voiceover. Can't seem to find that one. But there's a bit where you you, you, still, you don't see his face, but you see sort of uh, Zeus from the back because mm-hmm. he's supposed to be in it. So that that's got me quite in, interested. Uh, like a, a different set of gods from a different mythology um, joining in. Yeah, they seem to be doing this weird like version of like acknowledging real life like gods and mythologies and working them into the MCU. Like. They did a lot of stuff about Egyptian gods with Moon Knight, and then also now you've got Norse gods mixing way these kind of gods. I, I didn't see him from the back, and I don't remember hearing it, but maybe I, I read the announcement and it's been so long, but apparently Russell Crowe is going to play Zeus in this. That um, was which, it. That was it. Which, uh, fair enough. I mean, he's an actor of a, a big standing, so, you know, for a part like that, why not? Yeah, I think it might be an international um trailer i found i don't know but you you see somebody catching a lightning bolt so i'm assuming mm-hmm. that's supposed i'm assuming that's supposed to be zeus yeah so i'll be interested to see how that works in and you know i'm wondering if the guardians uh maybe either right at the end or in a post-credit scene like teaser if they'll use this to kind of lead into guardians 3 which is not coming out to like sometime late spring early summer of next year because after thor 4 i believe it's uh, Black Panther 2 that's coming out in like November yeah um, I, I think I've heard that too I'm not too sure there's still a lot of um, that's still quite shrouded in mystery as well to who's supposed to be taking the mantle over as Black Panther and whatnot. so I'm quite looking forward to what direction they, they go in with that yeah I, I very enjoy it again like it's the whole habit of like not telling you anything until very close to it so i imagine not long after thor's come out we'll we'll get something about about black panther 2 and uh you know i've heard from the guys behind it that they want to like be very like you know, they want to honor chadwick both in this film which is why they didn't like go about recasting him they just had him they're just gonna give the mandate to someone else and which is the pull off because i think the t- the rumors were that it was going to be going to like his sister from the first film then the actress got injured during a stunt and then she came back and then she apparently said something online that nobody, a lot of people didn't agree with and they were asking for her to be taken out of the film. But, you know, if Amber Heard can still have a part in Aquaman 2 after everything that's come out, then I'm assuming this woman will be kept in Black Panther 2. Well, there's been a lot of talk lately that Amber Heard might get edited out yet, so we'll have to see. But, uh, as you might be able to hear, 
Dexter is um, thrilled that we're back and he's already doing his little cameo. Bless him. Yeah, I don't know what he's up to. He just he, he knows that I'm podcasting this time. He's doing this on purpose because he wants to get involved. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. I think Mom's too busy looking up. She's been obsessed with the whole Amber Heard Johnny Depp trail, so clearly she's looking up that and not giving him the attention he he's wanting, which is why it's kicking off. Mm, 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 mm. No, he, he's just a big four fan, I think. That's what it is. Oh mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's. He's not got uh, the Dark World quite low down enough in his Marvel rankings from my liking, so that really has been in our relationship recently. What was he thinking? <laughs> Silly dogs. <laughs> but yeah, Thor. <laughs> uh, yeah, Thor. Uh, it's going to be interesting how this ends because uh, part of me is wondering if like, they're going to get a character that's called like, the God Butcher. Are they going to, like Natalie Portman's maybe taking over the mantle of, of Thor, but. Is they going to potentially kill off Chris Hemsworth through this film? Is like a big sacrifice no! at the end. I mean, I don't know if you'd be reacting quite as much as we. I assume you did when uh, Selma Hayek got killed off. I'm oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 mate. That's that's different levels. <laughs> I mean, you know, they they killed off Robert Downey Jr. I mean, they didn't say as much, but he, he was that old. I assume that Steve Rogers died shortly after Endgame. You know, Scarlett Johansson's been killed off. I know Clint Barton and Bruce Banner are singing, but, you know, that's that's probably the easiest way, easiest way for them to, like, take people out of these franchises. Be like, oh, let's just kill them off. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens because, you know, the trailer makes it seem like, oh, it's going to be very, like, upbeat and everything's going to have a lot of humour, which the slightly same style yeah. as Ragnarok, but I think they confirmed the storyline from the comics, which how Jane Foster becomes uh, Thor, which also involves her like dealing with cancer. So like, how you get that, and with like jokes with thought with Thor and Korg and the, interacting with the Guardians, and then oh, Jane Foster is uh, dealing with a terminal, and there's like, I don't know how quite know how Taika Waititi's going to balance that, but you know, do you think they're going to go down? I mean, they might for poetic license, they might just you know sort of pencil that out. Perhaps you don't know. We'll have, to, we'll have to see. We'll have to see, I suppose. I don't know if maybe they'll go fully on with the like, or being far along with cancer, but I think they will tease some sort of illness and try and keep it very vague. But, you know, maybe. who really knows? Because, like, like I said, this trailer really didn't tell us anything other than Thor is basically going through a, a Norse God version of a gap year where he joins the Guardians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got his long, he's growing his hair back out again, and uh, going to fit a guy who wants to kill all the gods. You know, typical stuff. He's been to the gym as well because he's back in shape. Um, yeah, he's fighting by the skeleton of a, I assume, another dead god, and he's he's trying to get the the guardians to love him. And and Tessa Thompson looking like she's just walked off the set of Men in Black, and the little <laughs> cameo we see of her as Valkyrie. Yeah, she's realising that being a leader also means attending meetings, which she finds very boring. But you can see just to this, off to the side, we meek who Korg didn't kill and Ragnarok making her a drink off to the side. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I think it's going to be uh, another good movie. And it's the same director as um, Ragnarok, isn't it? Yeah, Taika Waititi. So. That's it. Yeah. Uh, 
I've been watching a lot of his stuff recently. Like he does that. He did a film in like 2014, I think it was that. What we do in the shadows, the kind of yeah, the vampire thing. Yeah, he directed and like starred in it as well. And then they did a TV series that he's bit cameoed in, but he's like mainly a behind the scenes role. The TV series is very funny. Got uh, Matt Berry in it, and uh, I mean the actor who plays Nandor is very good in it because. He was in a film I enjoyed called Four Lions, which was about these guys trying to be become terrorists, but they were very inept at it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. It deals with difficult subject matter in a very funny way, I'll just say that. Uh, <laughs> there's a scene where his character, basically he's got a bomb strapped to his chest and he's taking these people hostage in a restaurant. He's just sitting there eating a plate of food. Everyone around him's terrified. And he looks up from his food and goes, I'll just finish this and then we'll all go off to heaven, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Anyway, that said, uh, we've got a lot of other trailers. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think chronology where we got this. I believe the next one was in the Obi-Wan trail, which came out May 4th, which, uh, again, if they weren't going to give us anything new in terms of like dropping Obi-Wan on May 4th, they could at least give us a new uh, trailer. And I'll tell you this, Carl, like, I'm ready, like, I'm just ready for this series now, not just because I was like, I want to see new Star Wars content, but like, um, our patience is wearing thin with you, McGregor, right now because he's currently in some Expedia travel advert, and every other video I go to watch on YouTube, he, him, and that advert pop up, and you can't always skip it. <laughs> no, I know you can't. It is getting a little bit tedious, that isn't it? Like you say. <laughs> so, like every other video, I've got you, McGregor. Like, do you think any of us will look back on the things we didn't buy and the places we didn't go? Like, I'll be looking back on the videos I didn't watch because I didn't want to watch your fucking advert. You know, get back to playing Obi Wan. But uh, it has become more clear that the third sister is definitely looking for Obi Wan in that trailer. It was a bit unclear in the first one, but um, she actually mentions finding him by name, and then you're screaming in part of it. You can't get away, Obi Wan. So maybe <laughs> there might be a bit of an encounter between her and Obi Wan as. Unless she's a new character that we've not heard of before or since. Um, I don't like her chances of getting out of the series alive, I've got to be honest, but you never know. And I think we also perhaps have one of the the, the harshest put-downs of all time. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be trained like you trained his father. I mean, that's the definite... <laughs> moment, if ever I heard one. <laughs> that, that moment just needs the the David Brent giver. Oh, you're odd, didn't you? It explains why he wasn't so bothered when he got killed in a new hope. <laughs> I think we are going to see more of that, like of a uh, uncle and not being fond of Obi Wan. I think he might like almost get like looking that in danger with the Inquisitors, but they'll just, they'll just like manage to stay under the radar for a little while longer, also until the events of Episode Four, which is probably. Like helps to then tie into like Uncle and basically not wanting to talk about old Ben when Luke brings it up in a new hope and he's like just forget about it because other than that we hadn't really seen them interact other than Obi Wan dropping Luke off at the end of Revenge of the Sith but I like the idea of Uncle and taking a, a more of a part in this mm. show and it does feel like the the third sister played by Moses Ingram is going to be like one of the main and it's kind of like the kind of a tertiary villain but she's got a lot of the main like stuff of chasing Obi-Wan because he'll be her and then also the Grand Inquisitor above her and then and I imagine a very limited role uh, Darth Vader who we do get some teaser that we see the suit coming on 
Yeah, models pretty cool. Let me hear. Also, the the T the of the Disney Plus logo where it was a blue lightsaber before it was a red one this time, obviously. So I'm interested. I imagine like the Grand Inquisitor would be like in a, a couple of scenes where in the first few episodes where he's like at the Inquisitor's bases and giving orders, and then eventually he'll basically be like, "Oh well, you can't catch Obi Wan. I'll go do it myself," and we'll have a, a moment between him and and Obi Wan. But cause I'm wondering if. Uh, I think the trailer wants to believe when she shouts over when you can't escape him that it's like Darth Vader she's talking about but she could also be talking about the Grand Inquisitor as well. Yeah, you you don't know, do you? But you, you got to think that there's going to be a bit of meat in there for Darth Vader because you wouldn't go mm-hmm. to all the trouble of cast, recasting Hayden Christian if you if you're hardly going to use him. I wonder. I wonder if you might get a bit of a flashback or mm-hmm. or something perhaps. Yeah, I imagine like because there were scenes uh, in like Rogue One and like teases in Empire Strikes like, Back that there are points where he has to like take the suit off and then put it back on again, to, like deal with the scars and everything from the fight in Episode Three. So I imagine I might see a scene with him out of the suit, but like it's Hayden Christensen, but with a lot of like the effects mm. to make him look like how he was at the end of uh, Revenge of when he got like set on fire, and so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I've seen quite a few scenes in this with Obi-Wan using a blaster rather than a lightsaber, so I'm assuming he's wanting to avoid using the Force or a lightsaber because that will also instantly out him as a Jedi. But, of course, with the scene in, I think, the first trailer of like, the Grand Inquisitor and uh, the third sister walking along the street and then the scenes of her chasing Obi-Wan on the other planet that obviously he's, he gets tracked down and then has to go to that other planet to keep them as far away from Luke as possible. Yeah, yeah, it could be something like that, definitely. But it, it looks awesome, and I love the aesthetic of this new this new planet as well. Like uh, sort of big city metropolis, almost like a sort of Hong Kongish sort of vibe going on. Yeah, I think they actually said that was kind of their intention. Mm. So, so they've clearly appended that. I, I know Kenil Nanjiani is meant to be, and I think we get a brief shot of him in the trailer. Yes, yes, that, we do very brief. Planet, so, so maybe he's. He looks so scared, and there's a bite scene going on around him. Uh, there's a well, I've led to Is he like a Jedi that is trying to stay hidden as well? And that Obi Wan comes across, which you hope there'd be a, like other Jedi mm. Obi Wan meets because they, they're not. I don't think they'd all be dead around this time. It kind of looked like he was in sort of Jediish robes, so mm-hmm. that was that's what I was sort of thinking. But yeah, next next week. Next Friday, two two episodes drop, and I cannot effing wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometime next Friday, I need to be over at my brother's uh, house because he has to go to a wedding. I need to watch both of his both of his dogs, but you know I'll be playing with them in the morning, sitting inside time and right. Now settle down. <laughs> I've got important work to be doing. I need to watch this. I've been waiting, God knows how long for this. Feels like forever, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Feels about we've been waiting for this about as long as it's taken since we last recorded an episode. <laughs> but yeah, that long. That's how it feels. Like those two trailers would be enough for us to talk about, but in the last few days, just two major ones have also dropped. You know, giving us even more ability to talk about. Like, so it's like you've not done an episode in a long time, so do one that's very long. <laughs> So yeah, uh, what's the next one you want? Uh, you want to talk about then, Scott? You seem to have an order in mind. Well, I wanted to do those two, given that they're the 
the first couple that came out, but honestly, they seemed like a while ago, but there was a lot to talk about. But I think we'll just we can talk about the boys season three, which yeah, definitely. Obi Wan dropping two episodes on on June third. This is dropping fucking three episodes <laughs> on Amazon. Uh, and I've got big plans that weekend because my brother's coming over on the Friday because me and him are going over to a party on this on the the Saturday. So on the Saturday, me and him will probably watch try and watch all three episodes. Go to that party, come back to mine's on the Friday. So on the Sunday, we're going out to his to watch Hell in a Cell. And then the Monday, I'm going to bloody Falkirk to see a gig I was supposed to go to back in the summer of 20 fucking 20. It's then been rearranged, it's been rearranged twice since then. That's the gig, so, mate. And I'm going to go see the killers. Oh, wicked. I saw them yeah, back, in the, back in the day. I've seen them once before back in 2017. When I go to Aberdeen, I've never been back to Aberdeen since. It's a, a shit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I once heard Aberdeen described by another Scotsman as being a major city and in the middle of nowhere all at once and it's right because it was impossible, almost impossible to get a fucking lift uh, after that gig because at the time Aberdeen didn't have Uber but then a few months later said, oh Uber is coming to Aberdeen like <laughs> fucking late for that <laughs> but yeah like it's been that long that like there's been a there was a letter in my brother and from my brother in our house because he's moved out by occasion. It gets letters sent here for like a week or so, and like I was going to give me a brother the other day for his birthday like lunch, and my dad said, "Go take this." Yeah, it feels like tickets inside. Oh, and like, oh yeah, it's for killer tickets. When is it? Uh, Monday the sixth of June. Like huh. it's been that long, I'd forgotten we'd even had tickets for that gig in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I've got big plans here, like. TV, uh, but uh, the boys and the killers, you know, that's, this is me living my best life. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, the killers and then trying to watch all your TV shows. Um, mm-hmm. It does look good though, the boys, doesn't it? Um, I'm loving the fact they've got Jens and Eccles in it, in a, which looks like a pretty cool role as a soldier boy, which is supposed to be a bit of a, a rip-off parody of Captain America, he's described it in interviews and such like. Yeah, uh, and then they teased that he'd be like, this version would be like worse than Homelander, and I don't know in what ways, because like we see Homelander has gone off the deep end as well. How they've like twisted the story of like Stormfront, like he was the idea of like, oh, I was manipulated as well. I fell in love with the wrong woman, and it's gotten all these people have been fooled by it, or he's got the crown of swell support. And like, I like the idea of like how people try to control obviously their perception and the media and try to get ahead of potential controversy by just spouting the same shit that's written for them. But you see all these interviews, and he's repeating the same line over and over again. And you see, like, I just want people to see the real me as it goes up in the, into those cold, dead fucking eyes. <laughs> and he's still, he's still got his milk fetish, and it seems to be getting a bit, a bit worse. We see him like milking a cow or something. <laughs> yeah, he's taking far too much, far too much pleasure in, in milking a cow as well. He's enjoying it far more than anyone ever, ever should. But what's interesting is, like, this is maybe like a year afterwards after the second season, because like, I think it was not too long, it was only like a few weeks or a couple of months after the first season that the second season picked up, and now they're doing this like a year later, and I think now they're going to be, start to be more faithful with the comics, like the whole them, like Butcher especially, taking a special version of that Compound V in order to get to prepare <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, 
I'm not sure I like the idea of him having superpowers, even if it's only for 24 hours. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that the thing with Butcher, you know, the joke about how he's never going to take orders from, from Huey and, like, like and the, the old woman who uh, is looking after, uh, like, his ex and, and Homelander's kid is like, you know, I'm, mad you, I'm surprised you managed to get through a whole year of no drinking and you've even taken orders from Huey without strangling him. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. And we but we also see Hugh in a bit saying, "Is the game's rigged?" I thought we could do it like um, this way, but we can only do it your way. So that'll be sort of interesting if they sort of have to go back into their bad ways. Yeah, I, they don't show anybody else doing it. But I'm wondering how many of the other guys in the team are going to take the cup. Maybe Mother's Milk seems to be very much against it. He's like. Like, I, I don't want any of this because his whole thing was wanting the whole situation to be over so he could spend time with his family, which mm. you do see him doing and and the trailer and everything, even though his daughter has a birthday party where there's a second around superheroes in the theme. <laughs> uh, like, like you, I'm very interested to see what happens with Jensen Ackles in this show. Uh, like there's a scene where, where it looks like a flashback to back when he was in his, his prime, so we'll get to see maybe some flashbacks to what he was like when he was around and it seems like they've done a, like a Winter Soldier kind of thing where he's been kept on ice because he looks exactly the same in modern day. Uh, they say he's going to be like worse than one. I wonder if it's like a Stormfront situation in that because he's actually been alive for so long, he's got so like he's got these views that are like so outdated. Yeah, it might be. We'll have to we'll have to see how he gets introduced and and what happens. So it's going to be quite cool to see uh, Jensen Ackles because I loved him in Supernatural. So uh, he, he seems like a perfect fit for this kind of program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also basically given the fact that Eric Kripke, who created this show, also created Supernatural. Mm. So he's got, he's got that connection there. Uh, I, I think it's around eight episodes or so I heard. So you got three episodes in the one day and then you've got uh, like five weeks after that where you've got uh, an episode a week and you know they always feel like they never feel like they're cramming anything out when they get to the final episode because these episodes are usually around about an hour or so yeah it still looks like they're working with that woman who makes people's heads explode so I don't know if they figure out uh, she's been doing that um, yeah and you'd, you'd imagine she does at some point yeah you, you know, so I'm wondering if maybe because Yuri's takes a job from her at the end of uh, the second season. So I assume it's her that he's been working under for mm. in the last year or so. Maybe the point where he said the game's right is when he finds out that one of the women involved and seemingly helping them again, they thought was helping them again, Soups was actually a soup herself and she's been you know, using her abilities for not so some very nefarious reasons because obviously she killed uh, that agent that they, they worked with in the first season, right in the first episode of the second season. She immediately gets blown up, and like you don't you don't realize till the end of the season it was hard that did it because I remember watching that and the reveal that she was the one making people explode. I was I was blown mm. away by that. Yeah, and I was. It was mad. Like, oh, you bitch! I thought you were one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, they did that. They did that really well. Sort of led us down the, the garden path with her. And uh, we got our we got an old favorite of ours, you know, old Moth Gideon himself, John Carlos Pizzito's back. It's kind of the, the head of, of Vought and everything. Mm. You know, superpowers don't come from, like, shooting lasers at your wrists or whatever. It's being able to make people bend to your will. 
He's got a fair point now. He's got a fair point. He does a, a very similar like villain to Morgan in a lot of ways, and that he's not really got any special abilities, but the way he can manipulate people and everything. So, you know, if we never, we may never, we're not sure if we'll ever see him again in Mandalorian, but at least we'll get to see him here, and that's just as good. He does seem to be the go-to actor for sort of very sort of super cool and overconfident villains, doesn't he? I think we, I was watching one of those honest trailers, and I believe it was for like Mandalorian, and how obviously Moff Gideon's character came in late in the first series, but it was more prominent in the second, and uh, it came into Boys in the Second Series, and it came prominent in Breaking Bad from like season two or three onwards. So like, like if you need a, a cool and calculated bad guy for your later seasons, call John Carlo Esposito. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does feel that way. Everyone's got to have their niche, and he does seem like one of those actors who spent a long time of being relatively unknown before he got that big break. So he's, he's definitely you know, running with the hand he's been dealt. Got to, you got to, ain't yeah. <laughs> you got to, you got to get that money. Because some actors might have been worried about typecasting by now and not taking any more villain roles on, but yeah, he just like give me, give me the bad guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but then, you know, you're getting, they play that role in, like, a Star Wars franchise, which is instant, you know, and so you'll become well-known for the certain character, and then getting to be in a comic book franchise on a different streaming platform, like, he's he's just rolling in it right now, he's probably got a Scrooge meat duck for him and everything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's just standing in his diapod, oh, another... Another bad guy will wake away his tears with $50 bills and just dies into his little pool. <laughs> I started off being all unhappy to see him and now, I'm, now it feels like I'm just, I just like I'm just taking the piss out of him, but now I'm happy for him. <laughs> no, it's, he's a great actor. He, he does a good job in every role he's given uh, from the programmes and films I've seen him in anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I remember the same time as like Obi-Wan and the boys coming because that's very close together so we'll have a lot to to think about in terms of scheduling but uh, I don't know if we talked a lot about Miss Marvel coming out in like a week after a uh, week after the boys but you know once that's done we've got a trailer for the next Marvel series which will come out uh, August 17th at start streaming which is She-Hulk uh, or the, to give it its full title She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Set. I quite like that. I quite like that style. Actually, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it does feel like they're they're leading into some of the more like funny or like campy or at least acknowledging some of the, like funny elements in the cartoons or the the comic books because like She Hulk apparently did always make references to like the absurdity of like comic books or like her. She would also make comments giving her outfit about how. There's a long tradition of comic book artists basically over-sexualising how they draw female like superheroes to an almost absurd degree. Uh, and then she even says in the trail, like, I'm not a superhero, that's for, you know, billionaires and narcissists and adult orphans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that, and then that was, there was that tease during like Invest the Simplicity of uh, her and Mark Ruffalo doing that old like 60s style advert going, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a fun bit where he seems to have her trapped in some 
sort of contraption and she said what but if i don't turn i'll die and he just sort of pulls her face and then <laughs> she turns and smashes the machine and he's like yes and she turns to him angry and rips the door off and he's like no <laughs> the, the trailer does imply that there's gonna be a lot of elements of like the version of, of hulk that we got uh, during end game which i'm all for because like you got the scenes where they're trying the the, the teleportation thing with uh with scott lang like I see this as an absolute win. <laughs> it's got a great covet time, actually, as the uh, sort of um, hybrid Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know, she's going to start off changing between the two, but then she'll eventually go to like being green all the time, but much like this version of Hulk, being able to you know, speak normally and everything and having to like adapt to that and Something that I remember when I, my main reference for She-Hulk was seeing her in the old uh, Incredible Hulk cartoon that used to be on Fox Kids back in the day. I think I only got the one season. But uh, even for a kids show, they emphasise some of the more over-sexualised uh, elements of She-Hulk where she's always making innuendos and stuff like that. And I think they, right at the end of the trailer where they see her on Tinder, uh, they realise that that's going to be a part of the series as well. Which also features a blinking on Mr. Cameo. From a former WWE Tag Team Champion, David Otunga. Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention that. It's like, I imagine it is a blend can you miss it cameo in the actual series as well, but it was quite, it's quite fun to see him there. Doing, I wonder how he'll do because he had all the charisma of um, a plank of wood and he was in WWE. I mean, the only reason he was kicked around was because of how muscular he was probably and you see him in the trailer, he's doing what he's good at, flexing and that brief one That's second. That's <laughs> Just one of these popular nice show with a, a superhero lawyer because he in real life legit went to Harvard and got a law degree, <laughs> which was also made a big part of his character because it was the one interesting fact about him. <laughs> and he was married to Jennifer Hudson, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, even though that didn't end well, but I think it turned no. out he was a good guy in that situation. So I think it came out that he was actually in the right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was meant to win the US title at one point. And then they they gave it to Jack Swagger, who then quickly lost it to Santino. So when Santino gets like a six month run as US champion in 2012, <laughs> because you're apparently deemed not good enough, you know you've fucked up as a wrestler. Yeah, you know you're not quite. You know you're not quite getting there. But there you go. Um, yeah, like, yeah. You, like, even it's even though it's on Disney Plus, which so I imagine a lot of young people will be watching as well. That they're not shying away from. You know, talking about sex where she all because there's that scene right at the intro where she actually meets a guy who likes her even though she's green and you see her carrying him. So uh, yeah, that's so, true. You know, yeah, you know, better blue, better blue for the dads. There's <laughs> a bit where there's a bit one of her, of her girlfriends where she's in a dress like something about her, her backside as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely taking a different approach with this series, which if they lean into like. Like and just make it fun, then fair enough. Uh, no idea what about any like. Apparently, there is like villains from uh, She Hulk that are going to be in this show. I don't know a lot about them, so I'll I'll let the show tell me what I need to know. But well, we do see Tim Ruff and Abomination as well, don't mm. we? So maybe he plays some sort of part in it. Gets free or something? I don't I don't know. Yeah, because uh, she goes and. We see her as a lawyer and she joins some sort of superhero law division. And then we see her talking to uh, Tim Roth's character. And then we see him as Abomination, but as the version of Abomination that you briefly see in Shang-Chi. 
So I've heard, I've heard rumours that Wong's going to make a brief appearance to kind of explain what his relationship with, with, with the Abomination is because we saw them fighting and uh, fighting in Shang-Chi, but much like wrestling, it was all at work and they were going over spots just so they could split the money. Yeah, yeah, and they seem to be on quite good terms as well. So <laughs> perhaps he's not as as evil as he as bad as he once was. We'll have to we'll have to say. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's a case that he was talking to her and then he he got angry as well, so he changed, or maybe some, this is a scene later on where a villain lets him out and he's able to transform. But yeah, uh, so because like I've missed him and the interview because he didn't. I don't know if they officially said that he died or not, but. You know, I can't miss him because they brought back William Hart for like Civil War as a general from that film, which was the only real connection to that film even happening. But now they've got Tim Roth back. And as much as I like the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, I think they've learned that the Hulk is better as a secondary character in someone else's story than rather than his own. Because once you've done the whole gamma reaction, like a lab accident story to show his origin, there's not many stories you can do with him that don't. It wouldn't involve like a, a major project to pay for all the CGI for maybe Hulk most of the film. Yeah, perhaps so, but I don't know. You kind of get the feeling Mark Ruffalo could perhaps pull it off, to be honest. But um, they they could do what they've done with like Spider Man and other films and give him another superhero or two to play off of. But um, yeah, you, you could be right there as well. To be to be fair. Yeah, because I'll say we saw how good he was. Uh, played off with Thor and, and Ragnarok and, mm. and he's part amongst the Avengers and everything and now kind of being like Haw- what Hawkeye was to Kate Bishop in his show where he's basically being like the mentor to, to her and showing her how to control her anger and like to deal with these like abilities so we're just to see like how much he sticks around after this show uh, happens because like, he's one of the few like phase one like main like heroes still hanging around uh, in the MCU amongst all these new characters but what do you think of uh, the actual look when they show her in the, as She-Hulk because there are some scenes that look good and some that don't look as good but I imagine by the time the show actually drops on Disney Plus the CGI will look pretty good because obviously you'd hope it would be a certain quality if she's going to be She-Hulk for I'd, I'd imagine a good portion of the six episode, episode run yeah, you, you'd, you'd like to hope so. Like you say, there is a couple of segments where it looks a, a little bit ropey. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a big part of the budget to, to do both her uh, and Mark Ruffalo as um, their Hulk forms. I mean, you're not going to quite have a movie budget, I wouldn't have thought. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to, interesting to see how it looks. Yeah. Say, hopefully, if... This but it's not looking too great. They can sort of fine tune it before it drops properly, but it's not a long time to go. So I don't know if you could do a, a great deal between now and then, but we'll we'll just have to see, I guess. Yeah, I think there's, there's been a few like films or TV shows that had uh, trailers go before effects were finished, and you know, uh, and then obviously had time to like fix it before the movie comes out. So maybe. So based on the reaction to to this jail, they'll, they'll make some adjustments to it. So, you know, again, like you said, too, I don't want to judge it too harshly until I've actually watched the, the show because the, the trailer moves fairly fast, so you only see, like, shots of her face, like, very briefly, and then something else is happening. So it's very hard to judge it at this stage. Yeah, definitely. But, again, it looks like a, another surefire here. It, looks, it does look a, an extremely fun... Um, 
fun series that perhaps have more comedy than some of the ones before it by that by the looks of the trailer anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, although each of these new shows is kind of adding something new, they've all all of them have got co- some amount of comedy, but like this one's gonna be again further on the comedy side than some of the other shows. Because like Miss Marvel, I assume well, will be a lot of fun as well. Given it's a particularly young protagonist, but this is going, this is leaning over to the other side of it. Like there'll be there's probably gonna be some adult jokes that you know just for the adults who are watching it as well. Yeah, you you, you would imagine so uh, by the looks of the, looks of things, but uh, yeah. I'd say another plenty to look forward to in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, 100%. Because I think in between uh, Miss Marvel and and She-Hulk is when uh, Thor Love and Thunder drops in theatres. So, you know, definitely not going to be short of any uh, any Marvel content this year. But I remember we were talking about like stuff that we're going to have to talk about. And I said, I imagine they'll say Miss Marvel's the summer show. I imagine they'll drop this maybe maybe in September, October time, and late in the year, they did talk, and then they say, oh no, here's the trailer, coming August 17th. <laughs> it's a show that I don't know fucking anything. But yeah, are we ready to get to the meat of the podcast now, Scott? Uh, yeah, might as well, I mean, we've it's in the title, I think, of the episode, so we might as well get to it now. <laughs> well, Scott yeah. has watched the first episode of The Witcher series that's on Netflix, without really knowing much about The Witcher, as we'll get to, because he got quite lost. I'm a big fan of The Witcher. I've read some of the books and I've played the game Witcher 3, so I know quite a bit about the lore and that. But I thought we were going to do this pod a lot earlier, and I don't have... I unsubscribed from Netflix, so I resubscribed probably a couple of months back now to re-watch the episode, but it's taken us a bit to get there, so my memory on the episode might be a bit foggy, but I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, one bit of information, you know, lore-wise, I wish they would have actually told me in this episode, or at least given me a hint to is uh, what the fuck is a witcher? Because I've heard it's like, I'm beginning to think it's a like cross between a human and something else, because everyone thinks he's evil and a demon, a demon spy and all that, like, what the fuck is a witcher? Well, a witcher, basically, um, the the young the young boys um they're taken in sometimes uh sometimes they're orphans or unwanted children um or they're sometimes given by the law of surprise which is another thing that i'd have to get into and um they're sort of pumped full of these sort of mutagens and potions and there might even be a little bit of magic involved as well and that gives them enhanced strength uh, and abilities and then they have to train and pass a thing called the trial of grasses to make sure that they're you know they're ready and adequate to to be witches so they're not like part demon or anything they're just you know this way back with magic and potions and, uh, and and stuff was still a thing so they're sort of they're kind of mutants i suppose Oh, well, that clears all that up, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not the easiest thing to explain. But uh, one of the things that happened when Garrett had his mut- mutations, it made his hair go white. That's why he's got white hair, even though he's not really um, that old. And um, you also see when he's fight at the beginning when he's fighting that um, Kikamore, the uh, 
sort of spidery like demon thing his eyes go funny and that's because he's taken one of his potions that enhance his abilities to help him fight um that particular monster and there's different uh, in the games and the books yes different potions that give him different abilities to help him dispatch certain monsters and that's not really explained in that you just see his eyes go drink some his eyes go funny and um yeah, you sort of the show sort of expects you to sort of know what's going on when you come in. It's not it's not going to hold your hands or explain much. And I think I think that was a bit of a a bad mistake. Perhaps you don't have to sort of have a ton of exposition, but I think you do need to sort of explain a little bit, even if it's with just a couple of comments on that, just so the the viewer has a rough idea of what's going on. Yeah, because I didn't really. I imagine that his character would maybe be able to do some sort of magical ability, but you only see that very briefly, like towards the end of the episodes. Because other than that, all you can really see of him is like he's very strong and he's very talented with a sword. But also, you don't need to be like any sort of mute, have any sort of mutation to be, to, to be talented with a sword in this kind of like genre. So you can just be like he practices a lot. That's why he's so good with a sword. But like, yeah. Even then, like the name of the monsters that he's been coming across, it's just like you hear the name of one monster, then said, "Oh, that's the one of those." Or I sold so and so a thingy foo uh, for X amount of shillings, and like, what were all these? Just using a lot of big words and sort of things. Like, let me know what I figured out what this creature's called before you start talking about all these other things. As if I'm supposed to know what it was. I didn't even note down the name of the the monster you just mentioned that you thought. I just called it. He, he fights the dreaded eight-legged CGI because <laughs> CGI was a bit ropey in some shots of that. Uh, Unless you're doing a wide shot with that fight at the start, but I do appreciate that they kicked it off with showing him what he does, like which is kill monsters right from the off. Yeah, yeah, it's quite it's quite a good opening to to be honest to sort of show you oh what he can yeah what he does and what he's capable of taking down a a huge monstery thing. Yeah. Also, one thing one thing I didn't like about this episode far too much casual talk about just killing murdering animals. For, for no reason, everyone just talks about it as if it's just a thing to pass the time because everyone's so bored. Like, oh, that wee girl that uh, girl meets, like, yeah, oh, I, killed, I killed my dog by accident. I was like, you're an evil. So, are you sure she's not the demon spawn that was born during the eclipse that you need to kill? Because <laughs> honestly, you should at least let her die, really. <laughs> yeah, so he basically he's just trying to find someone to give him some money for killing this Kiki Moore because that's uh, that's usually how they make their money. They usually take out contracts that people mm-hmm. leave on notices and stuff that they need a monster killing and they'll the witcher will come along and kill it. Uh bring its body or part of its body as proof and then take, you know, wh- whatever money they were offering for it. Um, and he gets to, he gets that girl to take him to um, like a, a wizard sort of mm-hmm. thing that's played by Admiral Thrawn himself. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised to see him in there because uh, like, he didn't even have like his usual like accent. So at first I was looking at like, you look like Lars Mikkelsen, but you don't sound like him. But I liked him in this kind of role where it was it was very hard to know whether or not to to trust him, whether or not he was you know spinning things, you know, for the Witchers, you know, just to get the Witcher on his side and everything. But you know, it took me aback when he went actually into his uh, into his palace because you know I know you can get away with certain things on Netflix, but also I'd seen some violence at the start. 
and then he's created some illusion where it's just women walking around with no clothes on. He's like, oh, okay, that took a that took a turn, didn't it? And poor innocent Scott didn't know what he was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what are women? Yeah, you know, <laughs> What are that bounce? What are those bouncy things on their chest? I don't. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> can, you, can you can you deep fry them? <laughs> all right, all right, you're taking the fifth. Alright, not that stupid. <laughs> like, you know, excuse me if uh, this next thing I say seems a bit ignorant, but going into this, given the genre and the, the style of it, given it was also based on a series of, of books which they took more inspiration from than the games from what I've heard. Because like, there are people saying, like, oh, he, he took the, he doesn't look like, the Witcher doesn't look like how he does in the games. He's not meant to, he's meant to look like how he looks in the books or how he's described in them. But like, given that there was like books that inspired this as well, I. I, would, I assume there'd be some similarities in style to like Game of Thrones and things like that, because that was a big fan of Game of Thrones back when it was on. But like, even though it took me a couple of episodes when I first watched Game of Thrones, like to really get into it, I, did, I do feel like Game of Thrones did a better job of easing into the lore of the series than, than this showed it, because like, it's not even the Witcher stuff that confused me. It's the other subplot uh, with the royal family that really just, you know, because I don't even know is this might be happening at the same time? Is this a flashback? Is this I like legit for the for the majority of the episode. This Renfrey that he was talking about, I'm like, is this a flashback to Young Renfrey? Is that the same girl? Is this? I didn't realize until the end of the episode that no, that actually this is a different wee girl. But like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like, there's that that scene of in the Simpsons where Homer's watching the TV. He's like, brilliant. I have no idea what's going on. That was me doing this episode. No, uh, Ren- Renfrey's um, there now. It gets even more confusing when we get uh, the second episode with, um, which is a character called Yennefer. And for the longest part, I thought it was meant to be taking place at the same time, but no, the certain events are, take- are happening way, uh, way in the past, and then it sort of all catches up as you get towards the end of the series, and uh, it is hard to follow. And in the second series, they they do um, use the characters to sort of poke poke fun at the way the first series was constructed, which I thought was quite funny and clever. Well, like, you think there's so many like films and TV shows that like give, tell you when something happens like X amount of years ago, or this is the location they've gone to now when they probably don't need to, because sometimes it's more obvious than not. And yet in a series like this, where it could have needed, it could have done with, you know, some explanation as to where is this bit taking place as, as mm. opposed to the other storyline, or how long ago is this from the other thing that we're watching? And yet they just feel like, oh, you should know this. Like, no, because it's the scene, the discussions between the Royal Family again, where more big words are being used, like, oh, the people from Nuremberg will never cross the da 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 well, that's Legends the names. That's the names of the you know the the, the places and uh, and and stuff, isn't it? I mean, it was written by a you know in Poland by a Polish person, so not all of us are going to be English, unfortunately. Not that they weren't English. There were just so many things this woman just casually throwing out as again, expecting me to know. It's like, oh, the people from Nuremberg, like, where is that? So and so from this place will never cross this. Year. Like, where is that? Who's that person you're talking about? Like, can you slow down for a second here? I know, yeah, it's... <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is quite mad the way uh, 
it sort of expects you to to know what's going on and to sort of keep up. Because there's like a scene where he's talking to this Renfrey, and then the next thing you know, she's in his bedroom and uh, and and they're bonking, and that seems to just happen. <laughs> like, I, don't know, I was like, is that happening now? What's what, what, what's going on? <laughs> you know, he doesn't want. He just basically refuses to kill this Renfrey. He even I didn't realize that he was talking to her earlier on when he was in that that pub that nobody wanted him to be in because he was looking for directions to the guy he was going to sell the the creature to, and. Then later on, she comes to see him in the woods. Then she basically gives him a different side of the story, like, oh, I killed that guy. He said to me, but he assaulted me as well and paints a different idea of it. And then, like, he's not going to do anything. And he keeps just talking, giving vague discussions about what's the lesser evil here. Like, does he kill her? Does he kill the sorcerer? And then, like you said, yeah, just because she comes up behind him while he's chatting to his horse, they suddenly just start shagging in the middle of the woods. And then <laughs> she says to the kid, at the wee girl he was talking to, and then then just a lot of people die, basically. Yeah, we were, we're <clears throat> in the box in the game, he, he earns this um, moniker as the Butcher of Blaviken. And, I think, <laughs> and we sort of, in this episode, we sort of find out how that nickname was, was earned. Yeah, someone probably. who's played the games, he's, always, he's referred to that quite a lot. So it was quite cool for me to sort of see how, uh, how, that, you know, how he earned that moniker. I'm sure somebody calls him a butcher when like the crowd are just yelling at things at him and tell him uh, to leave. So I was like, in their eyes, he's just killed these people, not knowing that he did it for a reason. He was trying to save the wee girl who, her herself, basically just tells him to leave. And I'm like, like, well, you were chatting about killing dogs. Like he should have just let you die, really. But like, mm. it felt mm. like the, the way that the sorcerer was telling him about the story of Renfrey and, and everything. Like this is a plotline that'll go at least for the. Be a big part of like this series, and like, nope, Murphy's just been killed right in the first episode. So, all right then. I mean, that is what happens in the in, in the book. To be fair, so uh, it's quite strange because like the first book is because uh, I started reading it. It's like a book. It's like full of like short stories. So things do sort of happen quite quite fast, even in the even in the uh, in, even in the book. But uh, yeah. It does sound like a load of bollocks, all this sort of born under the eclipse thing and uh, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you know, sort of, you can they they sort of make it happen by sort of um, treating you know treating these girls like outcasts and sort of. Um, you know, taking them away from their families and trying to kill them or experiment on them, and they sort of, yeah, they sort of go bad because they've experienced a load of bad shit because of these weird superstitions, not because of the superstition itself. If that makes sense, yeah, because they've either been locked away or basically, mm. or basically, they've attempted to kill them because they. They think that despite them being alive, they'll bring about the end of the world and everything. But and that's why eventually it turns them them bad because they feel like everybody's basically turned on them. So you can definitely see that, and like that gives you another idea of like Renfrey's point of view when she's talking to the Witcher. Which I must say, by the way, about Henry Cavill in this role, even though I've only watched one episode, I really thought he was very good in this part. I don't know how much fanfare this got when he was gathering how many people. Like the idea of him being cast in it, but I thought he was very good in this part, which is a big compliment for me because usually I think he's dull as dishwater and everything else I've seen him in, but 
and that includes Superman. So like, because I remember hearing at the time when he got the role, and like, it felt like he was kind of stepping away from the the DCU that he'd very much given up Superman, even though he keeps teasing, oh, if they asked me back, I would, I would do it. But uh, he pretty much almost gave up being Superman to do this show. I think it's a little bit of um, the Keanu Reeves syndrome, like when Keanu Reeves was sort of cast as John Wick and as Neo, his acting style just suited those characters so well. And I think that's been a bit of the case for Henry Carville. I think his acting style has just been spot on to play this rather sort of stoic sort of character. But, um, yeah, even in season two, I've enjoyed his performances. And, um, you know, he gets his top off a fair bit in later episodes. So that probably pleases the the female audience, I should imagine. So, um, you know, it's a win-win. And I quite like the – I do enjoy their sort of sword fight towards the end between Renfri and um, the wit and Geralt. I think uh, she held, she holds her own quite well for the duration of that, that sort of sword fight. It was quite, you know, well choreographed and uh, put together, I thought. Yeah. And the way he like, these like henchmen of hers, who are recently like trying to accost them in the, the bar earlier on, where they all try to like block his path and everything. And like most of them, he just needs like one quick swipe. And they're all like going down, which goes to show like how much more skilled he is than than they are, mm. which was pretty cool to watch. But, uh, like so, the Geralt stuff I enjoyed. I think it was just the other storyline in this episode that really just threw me because I didn't know when it was happening. And like between that, uh, between those two storylines and all the information I was throwing at, there was like a point in the episode where I'm watching, it, like you have taken in a lot of information. Like surely this the episode's getting ready to like wrap up. I pressed pause to see where I was. I had another thirty minutes left. <laughs> yeah, and that was when a bit the scene where they where they had the big uh, the two kingdoms had the the big battle in that giant field, which admittedly was a hell of a hell of a scene, a big bloodbath. Because like that king character who like I didn't really form much of an opinion of, but when I don't know where he gets an arrow right to his eye, it made me get like Jesus Christ, where did that come from? Yeah, it's a, met the same fate as King Harold, but um, yeah, I forgot that I forgot that that. Those scenes were in the first, the first episode. You, you sort of, I think, do you, is, do you sort of see Siri playing with um, those princess Cirilla playing with those lads, and she gets hauled off the street? Is that that episode as well? Yeah. But see, I couldn't because I was thinking before we came on, I couldn't. I'd say it's been a couple of months now, and I couldn't remember if that was that this episode or or a different or a different one. Because as as you say, they, they don't seem to fit within each other somehow. Yeah, they play. I think and again they call knuckles over those just throwing mm. the dice up in the air, and then like before she like she writes this throw to try and win a loaf of bread, and as soon as the like people at the royal garden that come up, they all scatter, and she's just left there, and she's just she's talking back and forth with the king while the queen's talking to you like. How, how did you do? I lost. Like you can't even play it when I when I game in knuckles. How are you going to fare when you go into battle for the first time? <laughs> yeah. And then they get a tell enough for not showing any decorum <laughs> from the from the queen, which was quite funny. The thing when you've got like grandparents or hey, yeah, like parental figures, like you've got the one, you got the fun one, and you got the more stern one, and we easily uh, could tell who was who in that <laughs> in that scene there, but you know. It felt like they were saying, up, like again, like to use a game of Thrones comparison, like that these people are high up, the royal family, they're the guys, and these are people rebelling against them. But no, they were. I didn't realize they were going to be portrayed as the good guys because, like the 
the people that are like fighting against them are like storming the city, burning everything down, and the way she describes what they're going to do to the citizens, like these these people are actually quite vicious. Yeah, but the sort of bad guys, Nilfgaard and um, mm-hmm. um, oh, I forgot the character's name now. The uh, the sort of general becomes like the main sort of antagonist as he tries to hunt down uh, Cirilla through through the series, which is a different again a slightly different timeline that. There's like three different timelines, threads that run through the um, the first series, and it does get quite confusing. But um, luckily, the second series is a lot more streamlined and easy to follow. Thank, thank goodness. Like, I think they were seeing this film. Even when they start, the, when she's this princess is forced to stay behind when they're having the big fight uh, and everything, that like the guy who's watching her tells her the stories of like kids who used to be locked away and it mentions the eclipse so it felt like from what we are perceived it that like the show wanted you to also think maybe that this was the same week girl that uh, the wizard had talked about but also we knew it wasn't and then before we even see the end of the episode you hear Renfrey talking about to which about the girl in the woods and then uh, as the princess is escaping she's told to find uh, the witcher and and she runs into the woods and then you hear the echo again, the girl in the woods. So it feels like an actual story became clearer, but only at the right at the very end. So for, for nothing else, just to figure out how she fits in with with Geralt uh, is making me want to watch more of the series. Because if, if it didn't become as clear as it kind of felt by the end of the episode, I've been like, I, I don't know if I can watch any more of this, but you know, I'm willing to give it another shot. Do we, do we get to see that the girl... Uh, Cirilla's powers in this. Does she? Does she yeah. um, scream and cause like a big chasm thing? Doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like she was like being led out by the uh, guy in the horse, and mm. uh, he he kind of slowly drops off before you even see, and we don't realize that he's been hit with an arrow, and so it's like she falls off the horse. The guy like kidnaps her, but then she manages to get away by causing the chasm, which also he can't cross, and she runs into the woods as you hear. Uh, feeds words to the Witcher. I'm just going to keep calling him the Witcher because it's easier for me because that's what he is. Basically, he is the Witcher in the show. Because like we because we go back and forth between calling Mandalorian like Mando or Din or whatever. Like he's the Mandalorian, so I'm going to do the same. Same rules apply here for me. I can't pronounce his proper name, so he's a Mandalorian to me as well. Cahir <laughs> <laughs> Ka- anyway. is the general bloke in The Witcher. I was trying to think of Cahir. So that's who he's like a general or commander of the Nifgardian army, and he's been tasked with uh, finding Cirilla for the um, for the Emperor, who they call the White Flame. So. Um, so that's yeah, that's uh, that's the sort of meat of it. It, it. it is if if you like me, you you know a bit more about the law. It is a lot easier to to follow. But even I got confused by the change in timelines. They perhaps should have done you know um, twenty years. You know, well, yeah, just put a thing in twenty years ago or thirty years ago, just so you've got an idea of when this is supposed to be happening. Yeah, because. I was watching. I was starting to get more clear. But okay, like she's not the same girl, but clearly she's gonna have some sort of like mm. ability. Clearly, and somehow it's gonna tie into the witcher because uh, 
It's like the set, she sends one of the the queen seems like she sends one of the guards to find somebody, and then she comes back and says he's gone, and then she's the wee girl's told to find the Witcher. So I don't know what the hell that was all about. Was the Witcher there at some point? I don't know what's maybe going on. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it all becomes clear in the final episode. Actually, ah. it's one of those that sort of set things up and leaves you a bit much of what's going on. But then, yeah. Um, the end, the the last episode sort of ties everything together and makes it make sense. So um Yeah. Some things by the end of the episode were clearer than others. I like the fact there was enough action throughout the hour long run time to uh, to kinda of keep you uh, engaged even if not everything made sense. But when it came to the end, uh, I don't I was intrigued as to how this girl's story ties into the Witcher's story. So, you know, part of the reason I wanted to do this uh, review eventually uh, before Obi Wan was to See if I was interested in covering more of The Witcher when, when eventually, at some point towards the end of the year, maybe where we don't have anything new to cover, we can come back to The Witcher. But uh, I think I'd rather cover like The Witcher in like two episode uh, blocks, like we used to do for other series, because talking about just one episode clearly doesn't give me enough of a picture here. Because I'll be like, okay, is this happening? And I know Carl will be like, well, I can tell you this thing in the book, but will that be a spoiler? Because you know, I've been there when girls. I've watched something girl has, and I'm trying not to spoil things for them. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 quite difficult when something's when you've watched something beforehand, or it's been out for quite a while, not to give away too many spoilers or some sort of key development. But uh, I, I would say it's worth sticking with if you if you enjoyed it. But you know, no programs for everybody. I mean, I think you enjoyed Moonlight a lot more than I did. I I kind of I kind of struggled to keep up with that and got confused by various things that were going on i enjoyed the final episode because that was more sort of action you know sort of more action-packed and stuff but it yeah it wasn't my favorite marvel offer in that one yeah i think i divided opinion among some people some people were all into like there because i had a feeling like this is not something's going to be going to be like clear from like the the word go this is something you have to get out to stick with before everything Mm. starts to make any kind of sense and i feel like you know Ironically, The Witcher is the same thing, especially the first series. But so yeah, I'd I'd be happy to come back to The Witcher at some point in the future, cover more of the first series and then and the second series if we're if we've got nothing else on. But this is not a one episode at a time series review for me. Yeah, this is something I need to watch. I need to review like mul- multiple episodes at the one go in order to get a full picture here because I wouldn't say I like the series overall. I enjoyed the episode. I watched enough. So it's enough to keep me coming back for another episode. I'll just say that. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it's, it's the equivalent of telling a it's a TV show equivalent of telling somebody I like you, but as a friend. <laughs> yeah, your friend zoned with the witch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not as if I haven't been tempted to watch it. It's been one of the prominent shows advertised on Netflix every time I use Netflix. So it's not as if I haven't been wanting to watch it. It's just been. Once I got Disney Plus, that took over my life in a big way. Yeah, same same here. And it's about to take over it big time with what's you know with what's coming out uh, in the next few <laughs> weeks and what have you. And with Amazon Prime just sneaking in, like we've also got the boys here, you know. 
And then Anderson <laughs> just disappears for a wee while afterwards. <laughs> Back in your little hole, Anderson. There you go. <laughs> well, Netflix are apparently struggling at the moment, aren't they? They're losing subscribers by the boatload, if uh, all the reports are to be believed. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard rumblings, yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, I know there's going to be a third season, which is maybe some point in the future when... Uh, if we haven't gotten back to it, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll go back to it very soon. But like, if we're still got like the same used to do when uh, the, the series gets gets close, then maybe we can ramp, ramp mm. up some of the Witcher stuff. To there's a prequel. There's a, there's a prequel coming out as well. I think that's before the third series. There was a advertisement at the end of the second series of like some sort of uh, prequely thing based on the Witcher. Mm. Uh, yeah. Cause that, I think is it this year that we're getting that weird Game of Thrones prequel as well? I think it's May. Don't yeah, that's the dragons or something like that. That's June or something, isn't it? I think that's not too far off. June or July is it? That's not too far off. I don't think. I think it's but, one of those shows that's going on like HBO Max, which means it'll be like probably a couple months before we get it over here. Might Sky or somewhere. Might be. You don't know. I mean, with Games of Thrones, they started showing them simultaneously, didn't they? So, so you never know. Mm-hmm. They've kind of got into that sort of habit now to try and cut down on spoilers and, and stuff, haven't they? Yeah. I remember when I first watched Game of Thrones, like the third series, it just wraps all the episodes were on Sky. So they were advertising, like, oh, you can watch them Skybox and now the first three series of Game of Thrones. So that's when me and my brother first watched it. And then but we were in the latter half of the first season before we properly got into it. And we realized, like, okay, we're in for the long haul here. And so. Pretty much in a couple of weeks span, we binged through series one, two, and three of that show. Yeah, I mean, I just ran out of things to watch, and my mum and dad had bought a couple of the box sets, so I thought, ah, let me borrow them and I'll, <laughs> I'll give it a go. And I was like, ah, yeah, I actually quite like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't due to the fact that you know, oh, there's 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 women getting their clothes off in these episodes. Not nothing, nothing at all. No, women naked. Blah, disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's not semi height, Carl doesn't want to know. Or Marissa Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but dra- it was pretty much Dragons at, at the end of the first series that sort of sold me, to be honest. Yeah. Like, Ooh, dragons, I'm in. <laughs> That was a lot of people who hadn't watched the, sh- the, uh, the read the books. I think main thing like books and dragons. That's the that's the selling point, and they knew that was the selling point. <laughs> what a selling point that is! <laughs> you know, you got you got to find your you got to grab your audience somehow. But uh, going back to this, yeah, like so, uh, I was going to suggest for our next episode before we get probably an a Obi Wan in a couple of weeks. Uh, do you want to do a, a quick episode, maybe looking at like Midnight as a series rather than like just like a quick overview of it, like what you, what, for what reasons you might not have been into it, and then we can delve straight into some brand new stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely up for reviewing it as a as a whole season. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's definitely things to to mention and talk talk about on there. So uh, most of it I didn't understand, but yeah, I'm I'm down for that. All right, cool. But uh, are we going to do a rating for this then? Because I think yours might vary from mine's. Yeah, I mean, as an open episode, um, I really enjoyed it back in the day. I liked the 
I like some of the set pieces, especially that big. Well, you don't see a big much of it, but the, the sort of um, the big battle of the royal family and stuff. Uh, I said I like the fact you find out how you got the butcher Blaviken name and the, some of the sword fighting and stuff. So it, it gets a solid eight out of ten for me. Uh, okay, so the action and everything like. Uh, was was really well put together, really well choreographed. The sword fights and everything. So Henry Cavill looks very good in it. Uh, I kind of got an idea of what what the hell the main story is, is going to be for the series. I think by the end of the fourth episode, but even then, if I watched a few more episodes, I could even be wrong with what my assumption might be. Uh, I like Lars Mikkelsen as this you know shady like sorcerer and everything in it. So everything was confusing that they ended so quickly. And again, like. The, the timelines were a major issue, even though I, I remember you kind of warning me going into it that this was a thing they did in the first series. So uh, for me, as somebody who's just no books reading, no playing of the games, just been dropped right into it as a as just one episode to get kick things off, I think I might give it a six. Fair, fair enough. I, that's pretty much what I was expecting you to go with, actually, from uh, what you what you've been saying. So, yeah, I'm not gonna fall out with you over that. Yeah, like I didn't, because I was say I was hesitant partly going into it because I like, you know, I'm not gonna just say that I like it just to not annoy Carl, but like, if I like it, I'll say anything. But like, I wasn't gonna come on here and shit on it, but. I'd, I'd feel bad going any lower because I don't think I deserve to go any lower than, than that because going any lower would just be like me just shitting on it for the sake of it. <laughs> and if you had done that, it might have been the last part in name easy. <laughs> <laughs> we came back after all this time just to fall out once again. <laughs> ah. But yeah, any lower than Carl would be just allegedly lying on the floor just kicking off because he didn't like what was being given to him. <laughs> exactly. I, I would have, yeah. I'd have what I'd have walked out, left my championship on Nathan's desk. And that would have been that. Well there we go. That's uh, that's the first episode of The Witcher. Hopefully by when we come back to some point down the line I'll be better at taking notes for the episode because, you know, I imagine if you listen to this you've watched The Witcher or at least read some stuff about it or played the games because we didn't do the best job of describing the characters because I, I wasn't the best at taking notes for this. Yeah, and I can't remember stuff because my memory's <laughs> crap. But, you know, I mean, there we have it. I would, I would say you, just because you watched a couple months ago, but like, you've, you, we've had times where you can't remember stuff you watched last night. <laughs> that is pretty true, actually, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> before... Before I came on there, I was watching a, an episode of The Blacklist, and I couldn't tell you anything about that now, to be quite honest. I stopped watching The Blacklist after, like, what, four or five seasons in. I went on Sky the other night to, to watch something, and it came up Blacklist season nine. Like, is this still going? Like, <laughs> it's still quite good. I, I enjoy it. I, I, I used to enjoy it, like, you ever have that you, you stopped watching a TV show you're like okay this is, this is not getting this is getting not as good mm. as it once was I'm going to check it here and you find out well actually that, that's, that's still going it's still got a few more seasons under its belt so. I mean I tried to watch The Walking Dead and I got bored of that after a handful of episodes and I was quite surprised that kept going to be honest well I heard it, it started getting good again because they brought someone new involved but like I don't have the interest in nearly enough to uh, to go back and 
<laughs> to go back and check it out to be fair because like that ship is well and truly sailed for me yeah but even I mean, Jeffy Dean Morgan could save it for me I mean at least the Game of Thrones it was only like 10 episodes so it was quite easy to sort of binge watch and catch and, and catch up on but stuff that's like 10 seasons with 22 episodes a pop I just kind of be asked. <laughs> yeah I remember when like I found out that Game of Thrones only had like a couple more seasons left it was like Really, this show that really has endless possibilities is ending after a certain amount of time when the books aren't even finished yet, and yet they seemingly think that Walking Dead can go on forever when it's meant to be about the last few people left in the world. And then, <laughs> then having said that, then we got the last season again with Thrones. I thought, like, okay, maybe it's time we uh, we wrap this up. Mm, perhaps part of the problem was they did they did sort of have a bit of too much of a dash to the end of Game of Thrones. Perhaps it could have been. Uh, perhaps it did need a bit more more time to get there, but uh, but who knows? And I think even the main bloke in uh, Walking Dead left, didn't he? Andrew Lincoln. I think so. Uh, and they kept it going. Yeah, then I think Maggie became like the main person maybe involved. I don't know. I don't even know who's still alive. <clears throat> so, Scott, have you got any plugs you, you want to do? Uh, yeah, sure. I've got uh, on this uh, very podcast feed and on its own feed on the same Android podcasting sites you can find Rogue Bain somewhere. It would be Spotify, Anchor, or iTunes, wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. Uh, Scott and Paul's Ramblin' Podcast. We uh, have some stuff about In Your House, It's Time. Uh, uh, a fairly underwhelming show, if I'm honest with you. Not the worst In Your House we've ever reviewed in our little series. But it's in the top three, I'd say. It's in the top three. <laughs> Those early in your houses were pretty pretty diabolical. I, <laughs> I can remember them back in the day, unfortunately. It's, we had a couple of really good ones, like Back to That Little International Incident and Mind Games. And then we had uh, Buddy Buried Alive, which was also crap. And then this. I so. think we were spared the first few and um, originally. I think when they first started doing them in 95, I think it was... I think it was a good while before Sky actually sort of picked them up. Yeah, I, I'd imagine but. so. We've also got stuff coming in the next couple weeks about Impact, Fraser. We're starting to do branching out into more like film reviews and retrospectives kind of stuff. So uh, some long form kind of discussions we've got coming in the next uh, month or so. We're really like interested to get involved in and more of that kind of thing. Uh, well, also, I've also got a new episode of the Rogue Smash Review, hopefully coming out shortly after you've listened to this episode. It's a, it's a unique kind of format to the episode where I had to get someone to fill in for Sam when he buggered off to America and we decided to do a watch along. So uh, make sure you tune into that episode when it comes up because uh, let's just say Sam missed the hell, chose a hell of a week to miss SmackDown. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> At least the podcast should be about a good four hours shorter, though. Uh, well, with the watch along format, given that uh, and the preamble and postamble of the episode, I think it's around about two hours, which is only which is only a wee bit shy of what the episode would have been otherwise. I think because <laughs> you can't edit much out in a watch along. No, that, that's true. That's very true. There's also the the Judgment Day review with me and Sam uh, did. Also, uh, Eat Sleep Super H Retreat, I did uh, a show that's to be out next week with them, one of their recent feature shows. So look back at Extreme Rules 2011, which uh, there is one match that I, is as horrible as I remembered it being, but 
actually the rest of the show was actually surprisingly better than I thought it would be. So, you know, give that a little listen when it comes out. But, you know, stay tuned here on Rogue Pines because uh, me and Carl and Nathan have the, have some plans for some content coming out very soon, which I look forward to you people hearing. But something I should also mention, I meant to say at the start that Ian Paul's In Your House review was delayed because we did an episode where which may just be a preamble for it, but being a rambling podcast, we talked for nearly an hour, mostly about my trip to Manchester, where I went to see uh, Oldham versus Salford, because it's part of my friend's tag too. And uh, I got to actually do, meet a rare sighting of uh, a rare sighting of Anthony Fitzpatrick out in the wild, where he's at his most beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, uh, Anthony's like... Uh, uh, part of our ESR community Facebook page and he's like joined our wee, like, listeners league of our little fantasy draft that we do over there so some of the guys on the podcast know who he is and like I've mentioned that he's on Rogue Opinions and then just one of the guys on the side who came up to it CB came up to me and went do you know Anthony Fitzpatrick he went aye why I think he's going to the, like aye, I think he's going to the game today why he's over there and then I went oh. <laughs> and I went and I briefly chatted to Anthony who other than Sam uh, Carmichael who I knew before the podcast like he's like the only person I've, I've met from Rogue Opinions in the flesh. <laughs> so I think I'm, I'm not sure I've met anybody from Rogue Opinions in the flesh yet, to be to be honest. But uh, sure, it'll happen. Well, me and Nathan were going to meet at uh, an ITR um, event that got cancelled, so uh, <laughs> that, that never ended up happening. But um, I mean, yeah, that's a fair coincidence meeting Anthony there. I think uh, because it was the old guy. Uh, we mentioned I've seen him, people get slagging about Oldham in the group, our group chat more often than not. Uh, I figured, oh, this will be interesting if he's at the game and I see him. And then like, oh, I got to have a short chat with him in the pub because I don't think I saw him at the actual game itself. Which, if you ever, if anyone's ever actually seen what ever actually watched the game, you know there was a big ramble with people running onto the pitch. I wasn't on the pitch, I swear. But you know, <laughs> you know, friends, you know, friends did take <laughs> selfies with people on the pitch in the background or people with police in the background. We were just having a right laugh about it. But <laughs> also, in the midst of me chatting with Anthony, he can, I kind of looked at the corner of my eye and the guys I'm with are all filing out. The no fucker told me that we were leaving. So <laughs> I did. I went, all right, Anthony, good seeing you. Hopefully he's talking again soon. And I had to run out and catch up with all of them. Sometimes my friends do that, and they right, we're going. We'll forget about that guy who's just wandered off to talk to somebody. <laughs> the second stag do that bit on where I've nearly been left behind in a pub, but I don't want to get into that story. <laughs> it's too traumatic. Oh no. <laughs> but uh girl, you may not have met anybody from Rugby Pains in the face, but I'm sure you've got some stuff to plug yourself. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, the, hopefully there'll be uh, an end-of-season uh, Guns and Devils podcast where we'll review not just Man United and Arsenal, but look back at the the season and um, review it and pass our congratulations on to have, whoever ends up winning the, the league and the Champions League. So sometime after the Champions League final, we'll record that podcast. So keep your uh, peepers out for that. Um, not doing much else at the moment, um, apart from this uh, podcast with... Um, Nathan and Scott, so keep a look out for that, where I'll be a discount Jimmy that's been ordered from Wish, <laughs> basically. Yeah, don't give them too much away. You're like, he's going to keep them coming back for more, you know? 
<laughs> and you know, as always, you can find us um, Rogue underscore opinions on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on all good podcasting um, formats. And uh, to check out our back catalogue, if you like. So, you know, whatever you listen to us on now or Spotify or Apple, Anchor, whatever. So, yeah, make sure you check out. If you enjoy this, make sure you check out our podcasts. Do it. Do it now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And um, as we... As we found out today, just like podcasting, trying to follow the witch uh, ain't easy. Yeah, that's a fucking understatement. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye. Champ of WWE.